This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 5.38 and you're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Sherrod. Uh, and up next on Trending Today, surge pricing in restaurants. Should it be a thing? Now, I'm going to say that when Sherrod first sent the link for this, um, which came through, I mean, it's being reported in a bunch of places, but Al Jazeera also covered it. Um, he laughed. He laughed and laughed and he wanted to do the story because he thought it was funny. Now, um, just to say that this is coming from Wendy's, which I think... Inc. is no longer in Malaysia. It was here, and now I'm not sure we have any outlets left. Oh, I but, don't remember either. But, but I grew up with it, you see. Sure. So, so it's a fast food burger chain, I think, um, if you've never heard of it. And they intend to introduce surge pricing in certain locations next year in America. Yeah, so the idea is, as you you know all become familiar with the surge pricing uh, mechanism, and it's one that I guess when it comes to taxi rides today, e-hailing, we all kind of accepted it. I mean, it used to be annoying, uh, but but today, and I think maybe it was because fares. Anyway, we're always kind of not fixed, right? You had this whole thing about distance and time and so on and so forth that went into the meter system. But people have come to accept this. The question is, when it comes to surge pricing for food, you have this really odd thing, which is that people eat at particular times. So you can almost tell that this is going to be something that the prices are going to surge during lunchtime and dinner time, right? So, yes. So what's this? And then it's a weird thing. What are people going to do? Are they going to say, okay, I'm not going to go to that restaurant because it has surge pricing. I'm not going to the one that has a longer queue but has a fixed price. Or whether... Um out of desperation, consumer behaviours will just adjust because sometimes fundamentally we're creatures of routine and if we're used to eating at this hour and if the surge pricing isn't too big a difference, people might just relent, right? Because I, I don't think that that should be the way, but I think I'm also a realist about how it is that people actually... Um, use an online platform in particular if you're ordering or if you are just home from work and you're tired and you're just, okay, you know, this is near whatever. Um, but I do think it's quite ridiculous on a fundamental uh, on a fundamental level. So they have said they're going to adjust prices based on demand and uh, this is corporate speak, adapt to changing consumer behaviours. And if we look at the responses on X. I don't think anybody is for this. Um, so Wiley Quixote says, sounds like corporate greed to me. I'm thinking that it will increase peak time dining at some of the other bazillion similar subpar fast food places in the area. Their food isn't good enough to be able to pull this off. Yeah, so this, this okay, the dissing of Wendy's in particular in this regard Actually, you know, I've I've read you know, Lynn, you know, people comparing it to some you know dominant e-hailing uh, players and saying, well, you know, in that situation they have a near monopoly, so they can do it. I don't know if it's true though, because there are always these options, right? And um, I, I think what what's really happening is that um, people are going to find that they're going to change their 
eating times. Like, isn't that what you said? I mean, that basically people are going to adapt to what Wendy's doing rather than buying the spiel that Wendy has, that it's adapting to people. Actually, the other way around. I think it's the other way around. Um, but I do also think that because they aren't exactly dominant market players, that I, I'm not sure whether it's going to work in much the same way. I, I don't know whether their distribution across the US is so all-encompassing that people will immediately say, oh, right, um, I, I have no choice. I must do this. But what if everybody does it, though? Yes, but if all the other restaurants follow suit, right, then yes, that's very true. And I mean, if you think about how this applies to the local context, it's quite freaky because we already have complaints about people jacking up prices during, for example, festive seasons, right? We have all these price controls for for goods and for items because we know throughout the year in our country that there will always be periods of time in which certain foods are much you know, much higher demand. And if you think about that in the context of restaurants, so Chinese New Year just passed. And I think a lot of the Chinese New Year menus, no disrespect to restaurants, I, you know, everyone has to make a living and people are willing buyer, willing seller. But if you look at a lot of the set meals for Chinese New Year, they're so much higher <laughs> than they ordinarily would be. And I, it, and it's just because it's just because of how people function, right? It's because of how companies function. Okay, there was something that you mentioned to me uh, some weeks ago about movie prices. Oh, yeah, yeah, which, which you didn't know about. Yeah, yeah, which I didn't know because I don't go enough to the to movies. And uh, I didn't realize. And so the question is, what if, uh, you know... Um, oh, sorry, just to say that um, if, in case you, like Sherrod, also didn't realize it... Um, if you haven't gone to a cinema for a little while, you may not know that actually ticket prices are no longer bog standard. They sort of adjust depending on where the cinema is. Um, so how kind of concentrated, how busy the cinema is, uh, as well as what times of the day, what kinds of movies, what kinds of cinemas. So truth be told, if you're going to try and um, get a ticket for, let's say a blockbuster that's really taken over almost all the screens, even in that context, you could choose from different cineplex to different screening times to different um, types of cinemas to even different seats within the cinemas to try and get the cheapest ticket. Yeah, that's shocking, right? Yeah, yeah so you were question, boggled by it. <laughs> so the question is, if people can come to accept that, yeah. right, why not for food? I mean, why should... Uh, food be exempt from this idea that, okay, let's say, for instance, you know, restaurants are overwhelmed in during lunchtime. By putting the surge pricing, what it'll do is it'll make people decide whether to go before or after their traditional lunch times, right? And in which case you get the benefit of a cheaper meal or so, you know, maybe a less busy space, space whatever it is, right? And so that's their way of saying we're going to incentivize. So people are going to think of the surge price, the higher price, and, you know, they're going to fixate on that. But the rest of them might say, well, actually, we're also offering you a lower price at a um, different time. So I think this has something to do with the fact that um, oh, I feel like I'm reiterating what we talked about yesterday in some ways, but I think it has to do with the fact that a lot of people don't feel like they have a tremendous amount of control over their days. And uh, maybe weekends are a little bit different, but for a lot of people, the working day is dictated by so many things. It's dictated by what your company has decided is your lunch hour, especially if you work in a more rigid space. Uh, if you're a parent, it might be determined by what time you have to get your kids, drop your kids, you know. And so rush hour is rush hour for a reason, right? Uh, most of us would not choose to participate in rush hour, but it becomes that way simply by virtue of the fact that our lives end up dictated by other things. 
It's true. Um, and, but, and, and therefore, when we eat. Yeah, but you know, okay, I, I admit that. But when you think of uh, what you can negotiate with your company, right, in terms of staggered hours, the, the, that's uh, available now, you know, and we work from home, of course. Uh, all those things, the adjustments that maybe companies are now willing to make, because we also don't no longer live in the world where that is necessary. Why not? I mean, do you think, you know, we could argue for a non-standard lunchtime that will make sense of surge pricing in the restaurants around us. So I, I guess that's where the conversation is going. Let us know, how do you feel about search pricing for restaurants? Is it something you could accept? And conversely, um, how flexible are you with your meal times? Do you, do you think you'd adjust depending? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Burger, fries, Milo, BFM. 89.9, The Business Station. BFM 89.9, that was Silver with Wham Bam Shangalang. It is 5.51. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Sherrod, and we're talking today about surge pricing for fast food. Um, and this is, or for food in general, but this is because specifically Wendy's, in the US at least, say that they are going to introduce surge pricing in certain locations next year. So uh, nobody really likes it that much, um, <laughs> or at least not on Twitter, um, not X. But we're asking you, how do you feel about search pricing for restaurants, is it something you could accept? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. Let's start with a voice note from Puyi. Hi BFM, we cannot do search pricing on foods because foods are necessities and movies, for example, are entertainment, they are wants. So fundamentally, they're different. They should not be applied with um, search pricing. Puyi, thank you for that. Um, so I've seen this argument, but I've also, and I agree with you firstly, but I've also seen the counter argument, which is that um, food is a, is a necessity, but eating out is not. And so then it starts to kind of cascade a little bit. Yeah, and I think uh, we, we also have this, um, this idea that staples are something that the government can legitimately fix prices of, right? So it'd be like your rice and whatever, chicken, whatever it is that they've tried over the years, uh, eggs, I think. Uh, I can't remember what are the other staples. But the important thing is that this is in the, the realm of you don't have to eat here, right? And so if you accept that you could be a net beneficiary of the system, uh, so going at odd hours or, you know, eating maybe irregularly, which is something maybe a dietitian is not going to recommend, whatever it is, then you might say, well, this is a good, this is a good policy. It's kind of like, you know, willing buyer, willing seller kind of argument, I think, which would be the pushback to your position. We also have uh, Benjamin who says, search pricing already exists, but in a different format. Weekend menu versus weekday menu, lunch hour or dinner hour promotions, happy hour. But to have the prices change in real time due to demand feels like predatory pricing. Yeah, Benjamin, you're absolutely right. So those things, I think the, the, the difference is it's not 
promotions and recognizing uh, differences in um, consumption patterns, but having it dynamic in the way that, say, an e-hailing company would. So I think all this would be dependent on everybody ordering online. You'd have to go onto an app because otherwise, what is driving the data for the uh, for the pricing? So I, I think that that's why the fast food element of this conversation is so important because we have seen um, most... So in, in a lot of restaurants, if they force you to order from a kiosk, y- you would um, revolt. <laughs> I think, you know, people aren't even okay with a QR menu, never mind, you know, having to interface with a with a kiosk. But as we've seen in multiple fast food outlets in Malaysia and around the world, that's increasingly something they do, right? Um, that the workers are no longer kind of standing at the counter to take your order. Instead, they are there to ostensibly offer you help. But what actually happens is you go to the counter and they direct you back to the kiosk. So um, if, if we think that everything is now going to happen through that kind of point of sale, um, as well as through whatever online platforms that they're, they're selling on, then they have a fair amount of information immediate information about which outlets are busy and which ones aren't. So, yes, a, a lot of it is going to depend on the interface. I, I wonder, though, and I'm not trying to put it on, you know, I'm trying, trying to help Wendy's or any it sounds, such, it's such to. a fast food <laughs> company about this. But say, for instance, this is big fast you food can, talking on you BFM. Can, yeah, you could like... Uh, order ahead, right? So you you order at a time when the food is less pricey, but you pick it up later. And so, you know, you could have a whole system where, and this would be good for the company because what it does is it sort of locks in orders early, right? And so... Um, I don't know if that's how fast food functions. I, neither right? do I. Because I mean, I, I'm I clearly like not from food... F&B. <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> I, I'm also thinking um, if we go back to the fact that this story originates from the United States and that they've already said that it's going to be surge pricing in certain locations. I have to admit that the first um, location that came to mind was something like a Times Square um, or somewhere like... uh, That's very packed with people. Yes, um, that's very packed with people, but that also might be packed with people at unexpected times, meaning or or not as expected as, um, you know, somewhere in a suburb, right? Because in a suburb, the, the rhythms of when people eat maybe would be more predictable. People are really eating breakfast, lunch, dinner. But if you're talking like a somewhere like a busy theatre district, like a Times Square, like a Broadway, something like that, where it might be dependent on, oh, the big show has ended at 10pm and now people might be coming out and hungry. I, I think then the this idea of eating off-peak also will... You're not always sure when it's going to be, right? Yeah, I think we're in a transition stage now and maybe the, the pushback is largely about us being uncomfortable with something that seems so fundamental like eating and, and the price really of food. You're pro-search pricing. I don't know when <laughs> this happened. No, well, I mean, I think, of, well, you know, the thing is I'm not against innovation. I mean, when Wendy's or whether the company does this and they crash and fail and everybody boycotts them and moves out to, you know, to whatever the next uh, fast food eatery is next door, um, so be it. But I think it's an interesting experiment. Why they're going ahead with it, they must know it's going to look bad on them. They must know, but they also maybe have a hope that people will find some benefits to it. We've also got another voice note. Uh, this is Roberto. Well, for starters, I'm very flexible with my lunch time. I don't have fix, although I try to schedule it between 12 and 1, and that is since I arrived to Malaysia, because when I was back home, I always take my lunch around 1.30, 2 p.m., which I know here is kind of late for it. But yeah, I mean, I'm flexible arranging my lunch time or uh, breakfast time or whatever. 
Although, when it comes to the search, while I understand that definitely some restaurants will or could make a lot of profit because it's kind of fixated between 12 and 2 p.m., everybody's out for lunch, regardless. I don't think that it has to be the way. I mean, it's food, man. It's, it's, it's essential. Why we try to mess up with something that is basic? Transportation is not essential. If you want, you can take it. If not, you walk. If not, you, there are so many other options, you know. But surcharge for food, I don't think is going to be the way to go. Thanks, Roberto. I, I think that you, uh, like Puyi earlier, reflect this very fundamental, the, the fact that messing around with food, I think, is just difficult for people to accept. Yeah, but it's not messing around with food, right? It's not saying But it's an emotional food. thing. It, it is, and I, and I appreciate that. But I think the idea is that this particular food outlet, this food company has decided to go this way. How will it pan out? Will people accept it? Will they see benefits? Or will they see this as a scam and, and not want to, you know, sort of... Uh, patronize that restaurant. I mean, it's simple as that. Take it or leave it. Roberto says, uh, sorry, Donald says, let all big names practice it. I'm a vegetarian. It doesn't really affect me. Um, that famous chain coffee brand's products are so highly priced. Fans said nothing. Let's do a search tactic and see if they complain or not. I'm pro-search price. Wendy's aren't stupid. They know what they're doing. Yeah, so the they are not stupid. They know what they're doing is an interesting uh, issue, right, Donald? Because I think... Uh, I would really like to hear from their perspective why they're doing it. They had some line, but I don't believe it, right, that they were somehow following us when, in fact, they're trying to shape what we do. Steve says, search pricing on food feels a bit like diverging from Black Mirror. Imagine in the future where all restaurants implement it and all the food prices rise and fall like the stock market. I love Black Mirror. Yeah, you're, I, I'm not um, agreeing with your perspective on this, I have to say. Um, keep those thoughts coming, um, whether it's, it's about search pricing or whether it is about the ringgit and what's going on there. Because we are uh, going to have an expert join us to basically field questions because every conversation we have about the economy returns to the state of the ringgit. So let us know. Do you have questions about what's happening there? Call us, send us a voice note or WhatsApp or tweet us at BFM Radio. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.